Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. This morning as we were worshiping, the Lord gave me a prophetic word. There are some people here that are struggling with depression. And I believe that what we're going to talk about this morning is the answer to your depression. This is separate from the word. This is what the Lord just gave me as I was sitting there. And if you're struggling with a spirit of depression, you're here today to be set free from that. Some of the mountains that you and I face will be things that leaders will ask us to do that are beyond our abilities. We have people, we're in Assemblies of God founded church and we've set goals that by the year 2030, we're going to have won 250,000 new disciples to Jesus. How many think that's a mountain? We're going to train 25,000 new workers. We're going to start 1,000 new churches, of which you're one. And we're going to triple our missions giving, of sending and going and giving. That, to me, is a mountain. That's why I wear this to remind me, I need the Holy Spirit's help if we're going to reach Ohio for Jesus. And then there are mountains that God puts in our lives. He tells us to love others with all our hearts. How many at times have trouble loving other people with all your heart? Um, he tells us to make um, our neighbors those that we love. Sometimes they don't deserve my love. And then God tells us to make disciples of all the nations. You've got to be kidding. That, to me, those are mountains. And Zerubbabel, he was the governor of Jerusalem. God had instructed the people who had returned from captivity, he had instructed them to rebuild the temple, to rebuild that place where you worship and exalt and glorify God. And they were struggling with that because they're having to rebuild their own lives, having come back from captivity. I'm having to rebuild my own home. I'm having to rebuild an industry, an infrastructure. I'm having to do all that. And then God wants me to go and build this temple. And the prophet Zechariah knew what God had expected of the people. And then this word from the Lord came to him as the prophet. And the prophetic word is, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Some of you are dozing already. Bob, would you join me? Would everybody stand? No, you're not. I'm just picking on Bob. Would you stand with me? And I want you to repeat this with me. Not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Turn to somebody next to you and say it to them. Not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Turn around to the people behind you and say it to the people behind you. Not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, you can be seated. I understand that was not good. I just lost the audience. (laughs) See, God told Zerubbabel what seemed to be like a mountain in his life. The rebuilding of the temple, he said, is going to become like a plain before you. It's going to be smoother walking than you would have ever dreamed. He said, at the end of the thing, you're going to say, grace, grace to it. What you would have thought is something that you would be grumbling over and complaining over, he says, you're going to say, 
Wow, God's grace was here, and it's wonderful. Grace, grace to it. And I'm here today to tell you that the mountains you face in your life will be overcome by the power of God's Spirit operating in your life. Trying harder won't do it. Getting smarter won't do it. Complaining won't do it. The more you complain, the bigger the thing gets in your own eyes. And the way to really overcome the mountains you face is by the power of the Holy Spirit being released in your life. Peter, before being filled with the Holy Spirit, he hid in fear. Peter quit the ministry. You know there are pastors by the thousands every day in our nation quitting the ministry? He quit the ministry. I said, I'm going fishing. He struggled to even say he loved Jesus. Three times Jesus says to him, Peter, do you love me? (laughs) But after he had his encounter with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, he preached and 3,000 people get saved. Doesn't sound like he quit the ministry. I would have liked that as my first altar call. He healed a crippled man in Acts chapter 3. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I've got, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And he jerks him up, and the guy starts running and leaping and praising God. He he testifies before the Sanhedrin, the legal body of the day, with power and with anointing. Acts chapter 5 records Peter as being somebody that they just wanted to get in his shadow, and miracles would happen. Peter was completely different after being filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to run toward his mountain. When you see the mountains in your life, how do you respond to them? Oh, bro, you got to do this again. How are you dealing with your mountains? Jesus knew we desperately need the Holy Spirit to overcome the mountains that we face. So before he left the earth, he gave us, number one, a command. He said, wait until you're filled. Wait until you're filled. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. If you didn't know, I gave a study sheet, so if you're wondering, how am I going to keep track of all this, there's a study sheet someplace around here. Jesus said, wait until you're baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. John 20, verse 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples. "Ah!" And he said, be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. Ephesians 5, verse 18, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. So Acts, Ephesians, John, they tell us to be filled with the Spirit, to receive the Spirit. To be baptized in the Spirit. All three are speaking of an experience that you and I have with the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to have this experience with God's Spirit to the extent that we're filled up with His presence. We walk with Him. We talk with Him. It's a saturation. And we're commanded to have this experience. Only by living full of the Holy Spirit will we win Ohio for Jesus. Only by living full of the Holy Spirit are you going to love your neighbor as they deserve to be loved. 
Only with the Holy Spirit can we face whatever the mountains are that we encounter. Back to that prophetic word that I believe I received this morning. If you are a person that lives in depression and you never smile, you never enjoy life, you never have fun, God wants to set you free and it comes by getting full of Him. What is our purpose of having this encounter with the Holy Spirit? The purpose, too, is power to be witnesses. God is a God of purpose. Nothing that He does, does He do it randomly. And the purpose of our being filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit is seen in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and all Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. It's God's desire that we have a power to be witnesses at home and the ends of the earth. It's a power that our lives might be a witness by our example, by our life, and by our lips. Not just by talking. Some people think the only way that the, the Holy Spirit empowers us is to speak, but it's also to live. When you're in situations where you need to know what to do and how to respond and how to act, and so being filled with the Holy Spirit is for our life and for our lips. About 20 years ago, seems like the past couple weeks we've had high school shootings every place. About 20 years ago, Columbine, Colorado, 15 students were shot and murdered. Eight of them were born-again Christians, and the murderer knew them, and he demanded that they give a testimony of their witness for Jesus before he killed them. Thank the Lord, they were ready. We need to be filled with the Spirit's power so that when we're called upon, upon to be witnesses for Jesus, we're ready. And again, Peter, prior to Pentecost, after Pentecost, two different people. What happened? It was he got filled with the Holy Spirit. The command is to receive or be filled with the Holy Spirit. The purpose is that we might receive power to be witnesses in the Bible when considering the Holy Spirit, there's three important prepositions. How many know that a preposition is a part of speech? Some of us remember going to high school and we learned things like nouns and verbs and adverbs and prepositions. Let me give you three prepositions that consider the Holy Spirit. Two are found in John 14, 17. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you. And will be in you. Two prepositions. With you and in you. A third preposition is found in Acts chapter 1. But you'll receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. So with you, in you, and upon you. The Spirit is with everyone. Even before a person becomes a follower of Jesus, the Spirit is with them. In fact, he's pretty powerfully with them, working on them, drawing them, trying to bring them into relationship with Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is with everyone. When we come to Jesus in salvation and we repent of our sins, he comes in us. The experience that I'm talking about this morning is where we get so much of him in us that we can't contain it. It's like a pressure cooker building up with good stuff, and it starts bubbling up, and it starts coming out of us, and it runs all over us, and people around us get in it. John 7, verse 37 says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit. Okay, this river of living water bubbling up. He's talking about the Holy Spirit come bubbling up. Whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. You see, the Holy Spirit's looking for people who will yield their bodies to him. Where he can overflow up out of their lives and touch those around them. So the command is to be filled. The purpose is power. To fulfill the command. To be more than a match for the mountains in your life. Third, what is the evidence that we've been filled with the Holy Spirit? It's called speaking in tongues. It's what we call the initial physical evidence that we've been filled and are still filled. How many were filled with the Holy Spirit this morning? Uh, uh, okay, let's try this again. Three people, Matt. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Every morning I get refilled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right, Pastor Dennis? We, we've prayed in the Spirit a lot together. And what, what it is, we, every morning we get up and say, I got some mountains ahead of me today, and I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to get filled up. I'm going to get the pressure inside rather than the pressure from the outside. I'm not going to let the pressure of the world come in on me. I'm going to let the pressure in me come out on the world. See, Jesus was crucified, and then for 40 days, he appeared to them, and he went to heaven. And 10 days after that, they sought the Lord. They waited. They wanted this power. They wanted to be greater than the mountains. They were determined they were going to receive the promised gift of power. And they were desperate. Can you imagine walking with Jesus, and for three and a half years, you watch him do all this great stuff, and you experience it, and you feel it, and you get to receive from it, and then he's gone? And he says, wait, guys, it's okay, because I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, and when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire, fire, fire. distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. You know, this evidence is a rather strange thing. It's people speaking in languages they have never known. Um, you know, they, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so the evidence of being filled with God's Holy Spirit is giving God use of your tongue. The control of your tongue. The book of James describes your tongue as being one of the most unruly things that you have as a part of your being. He says, with it you curse people. You know what we need to do if we have this problem with cursing people? We need to get so full of the Holy Spirit that on the road when they cut us off, they say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Protect them, watch over them, give them a great day. Just saying. Evidence of the Holy Spirit being given place in our lives is when we give him the control of our tongues. And we allow him control. 
Acts chapter 10, 44 to 48, the gift of the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues they had never learned. Acts 19, 1 to 6, the gift of the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues that they had never learned. Paul in 1 Corinthians, he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, and you get blamed for being the biggest tongue talkers in the world. And he says, I talk in tongues more than all of you put together. I had a pastor last week tell me that he recently had a person saying, um, this thing called tongues is just too hard to believe. And the pastor's response is, is it harder to believe in this thing called speaking in tongues or the virgin birth? I find that one a pretty good one to jump over. You know, the Bible is full of all kinds of things that are just hard to believe. Coming into relationship with God is by faith, is by belief. And let me encourage you, if you're having trouble with this tongues thing, just believe it. Give it a shot. Say, I don't believe in it, but Lord, if you've got it for me, put your hands up and start speaking in tongues. Had a kid that rode my bus when I was a, a youth pastor in Lima, Ohio, a million years ago. I brought him and his five little blonde-haired sisters to church. They started riding the bus, and one Sunday morning, he was the first at the altar to ask Jesus into his heart and life. And he's standing there, and I'm looking at him, and I brought him from the projects. He's got these little girl sisters that he drags along with him. And I, I thought, this guy needs power, needs the Holy Spirit to overcome the mountainous life. And I said, hey, dude, you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? He said, I don't know what that is. I said, you know what a car engine is? Yep. I said, you know what a supercharger is? Yep. I said, you want a supercharger on your spiritual life? He said, yep. I said, put your hands up. He put his hands up and started speaking in tongues. He didn't know a thing about it. A few months ago, I was in Lima, Ohio again, and this tall, skinny guy came walking up to me, and he said, do you remember me? I said, nope. He said, I'm Jimmy. <gasps> is the goal speaking in tongues? No, the goal is to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to have this experience with him, this saturation every day so that I have a power to face the mountains of my life. It's so that he can overflow out of me Bubble up, the pressure not getting in on me, but my pressure, the pressure of the Holy Spirit coming out of me, impacting my world. I need this supernatural occurrence for my mountains. Our prayer today is, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you. I've been asked why God would use something as strange to indicate that we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I think it's because if we can trust him to put words in our mouth that we've never learned... Listen to me. If we can trust him to put words in our mouth that we've never learned, we can trust him to put words in our mouth that we know when we need to witness. Last week I was on an airplane. I hate airplanes. Hate airplanes. I love them getting me there quick. Flew to, uh, where did I fly last week? I forget where I flew. Uh, Dallas, Texas. I flew to Dallas, Texas. And guess what? My wife and I are so cheap, we always end up in the middle seats, which means we're never together. So I'm in my little incubation cube. <laughs> and I don't want to talk to anybody. I hear all these stories of guys that lead 14 people to Jesus on an airplane. 
And it's like, I always get condom, condomviction. <laughs> and there I am in my incubation cube sitting in, and I've been praying in the spirit. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to this lady next to me. I'm opening her snacks for her because she can't get them open. Then I'm opening her drink for her because she's not strong enough to turn the bottle. And I'm talking to her. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm writing out the address to our church because her daughter lives in Worthington. And has not yet found a church. Hasn't yet found a church. I ask people all the time, where do you go to church? Ask that question. Everywhere you go, ask that question. Where do you go to church? And they'll say, well, I don't. I got a great church for you. It's called The Gathering. You know, sometimes we think being used to the Holy Spirit has to be this supernatural thing where tongues of fire light people's heads up right there. No. The Holy Spirit, Spirit put the words in my mouth in a plane where I hate being in my little incubation cube. And I can trust the Lord to give me what to say when I share about Jesus. People say, I don't know what to say. What do I talk to people about? Being filled with the Holy Spirit puts words in your mouth. Trust Him to put the words in your mouth. If you can trust Him to put a language in your mouth you've never learned, you can trust Him to put words in your mouth that you do know. But the meaning comes from the Holy Spirit. Fourth, I'm trying to hurry, okay? How do you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Asking, worshiping, and speaking. Asking, worshiping, and speaking. Just start by saying, Holy Spirit, I, I want all you got for me. In fact, say that with me right now. I want all you got for me. Say it again. I want all you got for me. You don't have to beg him. He wants you to have him. He wants to come fill you. Then you begin to worship. We did that this morning. First song we sang right out of the gate. Talked about mountains. Talked about worship. Talked about exalting the Lord. You just begin to worship. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, Don't get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Isn't that what we did? Always giving thanks, isn't that worship? Did you know worship's like a magnet that attracts the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit's job to, to lift up Jesus, to give praise to Jesus, to glorify Jesus. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. And, and when we worship, Psalm 22, verse 3, talks about enthroned, God being enthroned upon the praises of Israel. And, and when we start worshiping, Holy Spirit says, can't stand it, got to get over there for the worship service. We have a worship service, and you go, I don't feel like it. Holy Spirit says, <laughs> they're having a worship service over there. Oh, they're having one over there. We sing and we praise out of the depths of our being. Again, John 7, 37 to 39, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. See, as we worship, we release a river. The river of, <coughs> excuse me, of, of water that resides within us. As we vocal, vocalize our praise, there's an explosion of life from the center of our being. So we, we ask, we worship, then we speak. 
We just, you start, I, I, I'll guarantee you, you do this enough, you do it long enough, you do it in your bedroom, you do it in your bathroom, you do it in your car. We've had people baptized in the Spirit all over the place. And it's because they, they ask, they start worshiping, and then they start speaking. Words start popping in, they start saying the words. You still have to do the speaking. You have to lift your voice as an act of your will. The Holy Spirit will give you the utterance, but you've got to speak it. You've got to open your mouth. And then, at some point, you have to stop worshiping in English and start speaking in the language you've never learned. I don't know anybody that can speak in two languages at one time. Most of us can't speak in one at, at one time. But you can't speak in two languages at once. Well, if, can I get something false? Can I get something bad for me? Let me help you with that. Jesus said in Luke 11, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's all you're going to get. A father, when, when he's asked for a fish, he doesn't give a snake. When he's asked for an egg, he doesn't give a scorpion. When you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what God's going to give you is the Holy Spirit. And there are some people that say, well, what if I get in the flesh? How many know you can't exist without your flesh, at least for a while? What if it's not really God giving me that language? Well, I'll tell you what. When my kids were little, they didn't know what they were saying, and they mimicked me. They mimicked my wife, Kay, and they said the same words. They didn't know what was going on. You know what? I think if you mimic the Holy Spirit, God isn't going to go. He's going to say, they want me so much. They want me so much. I think he'll just sort of put it in you, and it will be him in your flesh. If you've never been filled this morning, would you just open your life and say, Lord, I want everything you've got for me. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come in. If this morning you've not been refilled, at some point in your life you were filled. I, I can take you to half a dozen places in the book of Acts where they were refilled. And if you've not been refilled this morning, you, this is your opportunity. Get refilled. The restaurant you're going to later needs you refilled the family dinner you're going to that i'm going to i need to be refilled can we stand worship team would you come who's this promise for you say well you know that was for people back then well let me help you with that acts 2 38 says peter said to them repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, for the promise is for you. He was talking to people right there in the room with him that day. It's for you. It's for your children. Next generation. And then he says, it's for all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. If you're here today, God has called you to himself. And this promise is for you. If you're one of those that the Lord this morning said, there's people dealing with depression, would you, would you just get full of the Holy Spirit right now? Would you say, Lord, I need you. I need you to run the depression out of me. The depression of the world has come in on you. Let it be run out of me. 
How many, you would say, I have never been blessed with this initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. Would you be bold enough to put your hand up? How many? Yep, yep, yep. Hallelujah. How many would say with me, I have been blessed with this initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues? Yep. Would you guys get refilled right now? Would you guys get refilled right now? Those of you that have never been blessed with this, just right now, just extend your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I, I, I need you for my mountains. I need you for my mountains. Thank you for listening to today's message. The gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.